Good morning and welcome to Grace Life Church. And we want to welcome our guests who are joining us by whichever way you are, YouTube, Facebook, later time, listen audio. And we're in our, I think, our fifth teaching on the end times. And today we're going to talk about a favorite subject if you're a believer. And that's the millennial reign of Christ. And uh, I know there's a lot of details and there's a lot of scriptures and um, we, we're, we're not trying to teach every chapter and every verse, but we're giving you a systematic chronological order of the things that will be happening in the end times so that we can have answers for ourselves and we can have answers for those who ask us. And so um, uh, if you don't get it all, write down the verses. Uh, we'll go to some of them, but I will give you all the references. Um, want to remind the people here and those listening, uh, it doesn't happen automatically, but within, you know, uh, a pretty close time, you can go to the website and you can uh, get the services will be transcribed so that you can read it off. If you, if you don't want to, if you say, I don't have time to go back and listen always, well, you can just go and you can hit it like a PDF and you can, you can read sometimes faster than you can uh you know, then you can actually listen to it. So that's available to you. So there's, it's coming so many ways you, 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 you're, we don't really have much excuse in our time. We have, we have so much help available to us. Uh, when you talk about the millennial reign of Christ, we're in Revelation chapter 20, if you want to go there. I'm in the new King James Version. It's a little bit newer than the uh, King James Version. I can tell you all had a long week. <laughs> that was just a, yeah, and so we're going to be uh, we're going to be reading verses one through seven. So this is the millennial reign of Christ, and someone says, "Well, the word millennial is not in there." Well, you would be exactly right, but like I said, the word Bible is not in the Bible either. Uh, but the thousand years uh, is what the millennial reign is, and we'll give you more inf information on that. So, y'all ready to go? This is the fun time. This is exciting time. Uh, there's is if, if you're a believer in Christ, there is no bad news for you. I don't mean just during the millennial reign. I mean from today here all the way out. Uh, the Bible says when you see these things happening, Jesus said, he said, these are just the beginning of sorrows. He was talking about it in Matthew 24 and 25. He said, but we need to pick our head up, lift our head up and say our redemption draws nigh. And so um, the reason we want to... Uh, teach some of these things as we understand that we are in, we're not in the end times, we're in the end of the end. You're, you're in the very sliver of time. And uh, people say, well, I've heard that all my life and we used to sing Jesus come and sing. Uh, you're closer than you was yesterday. And if you're watching the news, uh, uh, you, you don't see Israel at war all the time, do you? And so you're, you're in the very end times. There is, there is, no, uh, there is no signs for the rapture. There's tons of signs for the second coming, but there is none for the rapture. Uh, the coming of Christ to rapture the church, is, uh, uh, the scripture talks about, is imminent. In other words, imminent is not immediately. It just means it comes and doesn't, it, nothing has to happen for Christ to come back. Many things will happen. and we'll, So we're beginning to see already the setup of the second coming. And what I mean by second coming, I think you well know by now, is after the seven-year tribulation when we're going to heaven, we have the marriage supper of the Lamb. And we go to the beam of seat to be rewarded. Uh, but simultaneously on the earth is the worst time on the planet that's ever taken place. And you don't want to be here for any of that part. But um, that's it. So we come back with him after seven years. Israel is under siege. Israel is about to be wiped off the map. Uh, 
uh, you know, during the Ezekiel 38 war primarily, you know, where it talks about Gog and Magog, then you'll see it again here in Revelation. It's not talking about the same characters uh, in Ezekiel 38 war. Gog and Magog are those who come against uh, Israel, mostly, mostly from the north uh, during the Ezekiel war. But when Christ comes back, and we come back at the second time, they're coming from the four corners of the earth. All the nations of the earth primarily are coming back to wipe Israel off the map. And we come back with Jesus, you could say, in the nick of time. And he deals with everything at one time. We all come back with him riding on a horse. How, how cool is that? And uh, he, he, Bible says he just speaks the word out of his mouth. Wonder where he got that from. Oh, he's been teaching that all these years, hasn't he? That your, your words make a difference. And so here we are in the millennial reign. So we want to go to chapter 20, verses 1 through 7. New King James Version for me. It says, I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit, and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years, and cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up. So that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. But after that, he must be released for a little while. And I saw thrones and sat upon them and judgment was committed to them. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received the mark on their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Verse 5, but the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power. And there shall be priests of God and of Christ, and they shall reign with him for a thousand years. Now, when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison in verse 8, and he will go out to see the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, whose number is as the sand of the sea. So <clears throat> uh, this is primarily the, 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 in the revelations, the verses that talk about uh, where it says thousand years, thousand years, thousand years, thousand years. And um, uh, I want us to go back and read, uh, look at verse 1 through 3 again. Uh, it says, I saw an angel coming down from heaven. Now, it seems to me that implies how many angels? Coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and did what? Yeah, I'm some of you, some of us ain't that excited about that. You've never lived on this planet without devils and demons, but you're going to live for a thousand years without a hint of demonic activity. Amen. And one angel is going to come down. Just one angel is going to come down. This is an angel came down from heaven and he's going to bind him and shut him up. Amen. Now, let's say that with me. Say, say bind him up. Bind him up. Shut him up. Shut him up. Oh, let's do that a little bit. Say, bind him up. Bind him up. Shut him up. Shut him up. And that was, we're just talking about one angel, right? Amen. And he's going to say, come on, baby. <laughs> come on. <laughs> just, those of you who can't see, you're listening. This is the, this is the heavy chain. 
I don't know what the chain looked like there, but it says, so the angels are going to say, come on, baby. I added that part. That's the Western translation. We're going to bind you up and we're going to shut you up. <laughs> so the millennial, the millennial reign starts out really, really good. I'll leave the Thursday so you can think about it. Praise the Lord. I was serious about it. When you go out there in 40-something degree weather, look for a chain in your shed before church. You're serious. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I had to crawl over a zero turn and 14 boxes to find that chain. Hallelujah. So I want you to be highly impressed. <laughs> Thank you. Can you imagine we're going to be in a world with no fear? No fear. No, no disease. And no pain, no worry, no lag, no suffering, no sickness, no medicine. You won't go see a doctor. You might see some people who are doctors and say, man, you're really taking a vacation, aren't you? Huh? So that's what God's people will be, you know, have to look forward to. Some of the things in the millennial kingdom, it's a thousand years that we live in a perfect world with Christ as the ruler. Now, when I say the perfect world, I'm speaking of as for believers. So you understand that we're going to inhabit this world at the same time for those people who survived and made it out of the great tribulation, because there'll be there'll be there'll be a, a, a lot of people. I mean, if you we've already looked at the scriptures before, basically half the population of the world dies after we leave during the seven years. But that's going to leave probably a few billion on the earth who's not going to die. And uh, there's going to be some that will be saved. There's going, going to be a lot that's going to be saved. But some will not have been saved and still have rejected Christ through the tribulation. Jesus will come deal with them immediately. I'll teach this at another time. It's the, you know, it's the parable of the, of, the, of the sheep and the wolves. And he's going, to, he's going to judge them. And he's going to put wolves on one side, sheep on the other. And if you're, you know, if you're not a sheep, you're a wolf. And if you're a wolf, you're gone. And you're, you're cast into the fire. And then he'll deal with you a thousand years later which is the second death and he'll resurrect those and he'll judge them and everyone else who's died. I mean, you know, when, when someone dies, if they don't go to heaven, they go to hell. They're already in hell, but they ain't even judged yet. If Hitler didn't get forgiveness, he's already in hell, but he hasn't even, he hasn't even been judged yet with the severity of hell or what it's going to look like for him for eternity. So the whole, so the, the, so if someone dies today and they don't know Jesus, they're in hell. But they don't even know the severity of eternity until they're judged for it. So uh, we're going to be on the planet because, you know, when we're raptured, we receive Christ. And those who died before us, they're raised up before us and we all get a new body, a spirit body. Right. So now we come back with Christ at the end of seven-year tribulation here. We come on our white horse, and we're here for the thousand-year millennium reign. And you're, here you are in a spirit body just like Christ, living with people who are mortals, who used to be like you. And we'll probably look at them like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, so it's kind of, uh, that's never really happened like that before. So just think about it. You're going to have a planet of people. We're, we're going to be walking around as Jesus with, with spirit bodies that walks through walls. Huh? Doesn't know pain, no sickness, whatever. And you're going to be living with people who survived the tribulation. And then they'll be having children through the thousand years. I mean, yeah, through the thousand year millennium reign. And, uh, and so 
it's going to be a, a very special time. But, but in that sense, because of you being a believer, you'll be in a perfect world with Christ. And Jesus is the ruler. He's not one of the rulers. He is the ruler. And uh, he, I'm sure he'll have in every country. I mean, just like we have now, our structure of government, you have, you know, nations or for us, you know, you have um, not a king, but you, you have a president, you have governors and, you know, mayors and all such as that. I'm, I'm sure that'll be something like that. But who will be overall? It was Jesus Christ. I don't think anyone's going to vote on anyone. <laughs> I think Jesus is going to appoint who he wants over there. there. There won't be no one stealing a vote and there'll be no hanging chads to go look at. Uh, I mean, Jesus will appoint you. And if he needs to, he will remove you. So uh, that's how that's going to work. So it's going to be a perfect system. It's going to be a perfect world. So in our state of being, with chaos in the world as it is now, with all the things, it's just chaotic. From, the, from immorality to the world to wars and Israel's at war right now, uh, despair economically, politically, socially. I mean, this world is in a down or downward spiral, is it not? I mean, have you ever saw it like this ever before? No one ever has. Uh, I just want to remind you, don't have to turn it, but John 16, 33, in the Passion Translation, Jesus said, and everything that I've taught you is so that peace, which is in me, will be in you. And will give you great confidence as you rest in me. For in this unbelieving world, you will experience trouble and sorrows, but you must be courageous for I have conquered this world. So he went ahead of you and conquered what's in front of you. Paul wanted you to know what it would look like at the very end before Christ comes. And, he, and here's what he said in Second Timothy or in Timothy. Um, uh, I think it's. Uh, sorry, I didn't write down the reference, but. Verse 1, I think it's 2 Timothy uh, 1, 1, or 2, 1. Just listen. But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful people. I hadn't had many of those yet. <laughs> Unholy people. Unloving, unforgiving, slanders, without self-control. Brutal despisers of good, traitors, headstrong. Anybody headstrong? Haughty, lovers of pleasures rather than lovers of God. They'll have a form of godliness, but deny its power from such. Turn away from them. He said, turn, Paul said, turn, turn away from them. Could you say that describes the time that we live in right now? See, we know the world's desperate for peace. Just peace. Why? Why wouldn't we be? Your, 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 your soul longs for it. So the millennium reign will be that. It'll be a time where Christ will reign on earth for a thousand years, and he will be the supreme sovereign ruler. Uh, during Christ's reign, we know, we just said that Satan will be bound. He'll be sealed. He'll have no influence. He'll have absolutely no influence whatsoever. No one can't say, well, the devil's been messing with me this week, or you know, the devil tried to tell me this. No, you've made that up yourself if you tell us that. And we're going to straighten you out really quick. So Satan will have, see, you, you've never lived like this. Satan will have zero influence. You will have zero temptation. Zero. Of course, some temptations won't, maybe won't matter. Like if you go by there and there's a, there's a dozen donuts, and you might think, I think I will. There may not be no side effects to them. And I always said, you know, they're kind of, a donut and they're holy food. They got a, anyway, just I don't know, but 
I can't give you a reference to that, but I'll, I'll look on it next week, see if I can find something. And so the millennium, uh, the word millennium is made up of two Latin words, mill and anum. Mill uh, mil just means a thousand, anum means year. So millennium is the 1,000 years. And that term, we read it, was in Revelation chapter 6, and it's mentioned six times. Six times in eight verses is the word thousand years or millennium uh, spoken. Now, this is something interesting, I mean, you know, just to, to think about, because it's almost Christmas time, and, and uh, you know, so we, people like Christmas music, and we, we sing Christmas hymns. And uh, how many are you familiar with the Christmas hymn, Joy to the World? And George of the World was written by a man named Isaac Watts many, many years ago. And it turns out that George of the World is the third most favorite Christmas hymn of all time. Only thing is that Isaac Watts never read it. To, uh, when he wrote the song, the lyrics, it was not for a Christmas song. That was never his intention. Uh, by, uh, by his own admonition, he said the, world, the song George of the World is a, not a Christmas hymn, but is a song to be sung during the millennium reign. After the, after the uh, Great Tribulation and the wars won and we're living here on peace. And so he never wrote this to be the Christmas hymn. And so um, listen to the lyrics. This is part of the lyrics, some of the stanzas, and see if you can understand his intentions. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Now, I didn't say let church people or believers, but let the earth receive her king. Did the earth receive Jesus to be the king when Jesus was born in Bethlehem? No, Herod was still trying to find out who the child was and kill him. D did everyone acknowledge Jesus in Bethlehem as to be the, would be the Lord and the king of the earth? No, it never has happened. Let, let every heart prepare him room in heaven and nature sing. Joy to the world, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ. While fields and floods and rocks and hills and plains repeat the sounding joy. No more let sin and sorrow grow nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow as far as the curse is found. He's come to make the blessings flow in the millennium as far as the curse has ever been found. Has this happened yet? No. Is Jesus ruling the world with truth and grace today? No. Has he made the nations prove the glories of their righteousness and the wonders of his love, the whole world? You know, I don't get out of Jemison a whole lot, but I mean, y'all go other places, but I'm, I'm going to go with no. So not until the second coming of Christ and Jesus ends the uh, uh, war comes to an end where he captures the Antichrist and the false prophet and he locks them into the lake of fire and brimstone. They're, they're cast there. They go there a thousand years because Satan's in a pit, but the Antichrist and the false prophet, <coughs> they go straight to the eternal fire and then Satan will join them a thousand years later approximately. So <clears throat> that's when the beginning of peace will begin to rule and reign during the millennium reign uh, where Jesus rules from his throne from Jerusalem over the entire world. Then we can sing during the millennium reign joy to the world. The Savior reigns. The earth has now received her king. That'll be fun singing that song. So <clears throat> uh, we want to keep on remembering through this that this teaching that we are here the believers are here but you had the believers who were saved during the tribulation period. And uh, so you, you got natural people in mortal bodies with people with, with such as yourself is going to be here with a spirit body co-inhabiting the earth at the same time. 
probably translation will be something it happened in the scriptures. It happened with Paul, happened with different, uh, I mean, uh, um, Philip, he was translated. Different people. I mean, you may have an assignment to get to, and you may be like, boom, they're going to send you over there, and here you are 200 miles, you know, they're in there in about three seconds or less. So <clears throat> it's going to be an interesting time to be alive on the earth. And so there's, there's a lot of controversy about the millennium. Uh, millennium. And when you, when you study it, uh, there's, there's uh, all sorts of opinions. And I'm going to give you the easy version of these things. Generally, I don't give you every side of everything uh, because, you know, it's just like some things you like, how did anyone come to that thought process? And so you have people who don't believe, you know, that we're going to be raptured and there's and the group that believes you're, we're going to live through the tribulation. And, and uh, but here's the basically the three perspectives on the millennium. And uh, you might say, well, what's what, what, you know, why is it that important that we understand that anyway about the thousand years? I don't see why it's even that important that, you know, we understand the different perspective. But it's very important that you do understand it because the, because the way that you decide on this thing and the, how you come to the to the right conclusion would determine how you interpret any kind of scripture. Let me tell you what I mean. So <clears throat> let's talk about the first group of people. Some people refer to themselves as post-millennialist. Post. They're post. So they believe that Jesus Christ is going to come back to this earth, or he won't come back to the earth until the thousand years of kingdom living has happened. In other words, we're here, but he, but he doesn't come back until after the thousand years. Uh, that train of thought came about as, uh, in, the, in the mid-17th century, and he, he was a Unitarian minister by the name of Daniel Whittaby. And he teaches that we, the church, without Christ being here, will bring about the millennium by the preaching of the gospel for a thousand years. And the more we preach, the more we propagate the gospel, the more people around the globe will be converted and eventually conquered for Christ. God's system will eventually prevail across the earth and kind of set up a utopian, wonderful world. And it'll be, it'll be so nice that now Christ can come back and rule and reign because the, work, the, the church would have won his throne for him to come back. Isn't it nice for us to win Jesus' throne for him? Boy, aren't we big help. <clears throat> well, that was very popular. We... You know, we can laugh at it today, but in the 17th century, that was very popular. But over the next hundred and so years, and and, and now you, you can't hardly find someone who's a post-millennialist because their thing was, they said the World War I will, will, will kind of end all wars, and then there'll be peace. Well, that it took place, and the motto of the of, for post millennials of World War One was the, this is the war that will make the world safe for democracy. So um, now that we're in 2023, that concept has faltered a bit uh, because there came about World War Two, and now several wars since then. And now the post-millennials kind of lost their voice. And so, uh, you know, if we have to make the world better and fit for Jesus to come back, it's not looking so good. I mean, if you was a post-millennialist and you thought the world's getting better and you were somehow alive on the earth and, and, and Israel's under attack, that theory is not panning out too good. It, the world's not getting better. I mean, Jesus is like, I want to come back, but y'all got to get it. I mean, I, I can't come down there like that. 
I mean, let's go, let's go, giddy up, man. Well, we'll be, uh, he'll never make it back. Now, the second viewpoint is referred to as amillennialism. Say it with me, a millennialism. And uh, so when you put an A in front of the word, it negates. When you put A millennialism, it negates the value of the word. That's what it does. So a person with this view or belief, one who's A millennialism, takes all the passages that we read in Revelation 20 and the, all the scriptures that speak about the millennium, and they say these passages are, are, are really symbolic is what they are. Uh, they're, they're, not, they're not meant to be actual interpretations of what will be, but they're symbolic of it. So what they're telling you is that the church will inherit the millennial blessings that were given to Israel. These are not actual things. They're, they're just symbol, you know, they're symbols is what they are. This is someone who's a millennialism. In other words, their viewpoint would believe in Re- is that in Revelation 20, that things are happening right now because if you just boil it down to what someone who's an amillennialist is, the church is completely reigning over the world now. Now, as believers, we have authority over, over Satan and over the devils. But is the world ruling and reigning? Is, is the population of the world ruling and reigning over Christ now? So if you're an amillennialist, what you're really saying plainly is, welcome to the millennium because you're in the millennium right now. You're, you're, in, you're in this time of great peace right now. <laughs> Dear God, I hope not. What about you? <laughs> so if this is the millennium reign of Christ uh, for a thousand years more of this, I mean, what, what do we have to look forward to? Shoot us thyself. Anyway, but if, but if you studied the scriptures and the prophecies of peace and purity and prosperity of what will happen in the millennium uh, and no, no more suffering, then, then you know that, those, that the promises aren't fulfilled yet. But I'm going to tell you, they're coming quickly. The promises are coming quickly. And the exact opposite of this day is in your very new future. Can I get an uh, amen? amen? So the biggest problem with someone who's a millennialist, the way that they think, is you have to spiritualize and you have to symbolize all the Old Testament scriptures and the New Testament scriptures. And if you go that route, then you have to get away from the literal translation of the Bible. And then you have no control of anything. When you get away from symbols and you get away, or if you say this is just a symbol and this is a, you know, this is a type and this is just a, I'm going to spiritualize this. It don't really mean that. Uh, then that's how you will interpret all the rest of the scriptures. And then you can make the Bible say anything that you want to. All you got to do is pull from everywhere, right? Now, we've heard this one before. Like you could, uh, these are scriptures from different passages and I can just pull them from anywhere. How many know Judas hung himself? Scripture said Jesus hung himself. Another, and there's another place that Jesus said, "Go do likewise." Yeah. So, would that be would that, would that be good information? Jesus hung himself. Go do likewise, and you shall enter into the joy of the Lord. That's three different scriptures from three different places, but you put them all together, the same thing you want to. So then we have what we call premillennialism. It's the oldest of all of the three views, and I believe this is the one that's biblically sound. And has accurate doctrine. Premillennialism teaches that Jesus Christ himself will physically return to this earth. He will defeat his enemies. And there will be a real battle at the end called the Great Tribulation. Afterwards, he will set up his kingdom on this earth and will reign. we will reign together with him for a thousand years. That's what we believe. 
that's what we know to be true according to the scriptures. So what happens when Christ reigns over the earth during that, after the seven year tribulation? What happens then? Well, you begin, to, you begin to set up the thousand year period, the reign of Christ. Jesus puts an end to war. He deals with the Antichrist. He deals with the false prophet. He puts Satan away for a thousand years and there's no more war. And then uh, we won't go there, but Isaiah 2.4 is a reference to the millennial reign. And it says this, I mean, there's no war. So they're going, to beat, they're going to beat their swords into plowshares and spears into pruning hooks. A nation shall not lift up a sword against a nation, neither will they learn war anymore. They will, they will not war. They will not learn war. They will, know, they will know war no more. So think about that for a moment. A thousand year millennium reign, a thousand years of peace. So there's, there's, there's no war. There's no rumors of war. There's no threat of war. Uh, no country needs funding for war. Amen. No need to, you know, uh, work for biological nuclear weapons. Uh, we, we, you, need, you need zero funding for it. Because it's a time of peace and prosperity such as the world has never seen since the fall of man. So we believe in the literal kingdom. That's why... We believe, as the scripture said, there will be a literal time on earth, a thousand year reign. The reason why we believe that is because Jesus said it was. And we believe the, if we can believe the king, we can believe the kingdom. It's because Jesus told us it would be so. There happens to be 109 little prophecies about Jesus' first coming. And 220 more prophecies of the second coming yet to be fulfilled. Everything we're talking about today is in our future. Most of our preaching when we minister is we're talking about what Jesus already did for us, and rightfully so. Now we're talking about what's ahead of you, what lies ahead of you in your future. So there's 220 remaining prophecies about the second coming to be fulfilled. Now, so who will be the subjects, you might say, of the, of the millennial reign? Well, Daniel 7.27 promises that the Old Testament saints will reign in the millennium. So those who lived in the Old Testament who, re who will receive Christ as the way that they knew how to receive God, they'll reign in the millennium. The New Testament saints will reign with Christ in the millennium. But then there's a third category of people who will be present and lived in the millennial reign. And we just read the verse a while ago. It's in Revelation 20, verse 4. This is the third category. And these are the people who were, who were saved, but they died or they were killed during the Great Tribulation. And that's Revelation 24. It said, When I saw thrones and sat, the, and sat on them, and judgment was given to them, and I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony of Jesus and because of the word of God, and those who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received the mark on their forehead or their hand, they came to life again and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. So the people who would not take the mark of the beast, those who were killed, those who died, uh, those who were beheaded will be raised back to life again and join us in the millennium. That means Jesus keeps his word, his word, to tribulation martyrs. Jesus always keeps his word, which will be Jews and Gentiles. So we're, we're the, they're the living mortals who survived the tribulation, many of them. And like I said, about half the population uh, will be killed during the tribulation. Then Isaiah 65, this is really cool. Uh, Isaiah 65, verse 17 and 18. The people who went through the tribulation will not remember it. 
God is good. The survivors of those who died in the tribulation will not remember any of those days. Verse 17 said, I am creating a new heaven in a new earth, and the troubles of the past will be forgotten. No one will remember them. Verse 18, my people will be happy and rejoice forever because of what I will make. So don't be here for the seven years, but if you do and you live through it and you're, you're saved and you come with us in millennial reign, you won't even be able to tell a story about it because you won't remember any of it. How about that? Another reason for them, some say, well, what's the reason for the millennial reigns? Well, I can't cover all of them today, but I'm going to cover some of them. Why a thousand year reign? Well, because it was prophesied. So God's keeping his word to the Jews. He's keeping his word to some Gentiles. He's keeping his word to Jesus that he would rule and reign. He's keeping his word to you. He said, because I want you to live on this planet as it was supposed to be without sin. And it's going to take me a thousand years just to reward you for it. So he wants to, I mean, you're eternally rewarded, but he wants you to have some rewards on this earth where you fought the battle. How many like that? Amen. You know, it's on this planet that you dealt with him. Bind him up, shut him up. <laughs> Bind him up, shut him up. <laughs> Bind him up, shut him up. So it's a time to reward the people. There's a multiplicity of Bible scriptures that promises from the Old Testament to the New Testament guarantees that God's people are going to be rewarded for living a faithful life. Uh, I'll go through these like rapid fire. Isaiah 40, 10 says, Behold, his reward is with him in his work before him. The Son of Man will come in the glory and of his Father with him with his angels. Colossians 3, 24 says, Remember that you will receive your reward from the Lord who will give you what he promised his people, yes, uh, for your serving Christ, because he is your real, real Lord. Isaiah twenty two twelve says, Behold, I'm coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to their work. Uh, Matthew 25, 23, The Lord said to him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many. There's a multiplicity of scriptures we don't have time to go through today, but it's, it'd be a time of reward. It'd be a time of great peace. It'd be a time of great prosperity. It'd be a time of great fruitfulness. Uh, during the millennium, we'll all be assigned a place of authority. Everyone will have something to do. It won't be your punishment. It'll be your promise. You'll, you'll enjoy what the Lord gives you to do. Um, your, your work will be a reward. It will not be a punishment. Because you'll be ruling and reigning with him. You, you're going to have a lot. You're going to have, uh, the scripture says during the thousand years, the earth will be re repopulated so vastly, it'll be like the sands of the sea. So you're going to have all these mortal people living with all of us New Testament saints with glorified bodies, and we're going to have a lot to do with them. There's going to be interaction with them. You're, you'll be helping them all the time. And uh, perhaps even before they sin, I was looking at some scriptures that you might even be there right before they sin. You'll say, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> or someone might fall off a ladder. You may get there within a half a second before or a half a second after they get their head. You just boom, heal. And uh, uh, don't you know, don't ever try that at home. Just because you saw it on TV. Uh, so our work is going to be a reward. Remember in the parable of talents? Same way. That's what Jesus taught. That he gave a work, and they came back and checked on it. Well, we have we we have an assignment. That's what we have for a thousand years. And uh, as in, so, in the parable of the talents, Jesus taught our role as servants and rulers is rewarded by your faithfulness. 
So how you're living now, what you're doing in life, and how you're doing it now is determine your assignment in the millennium. If you're faithful now, he'll reward your faithfulness for a thousand years. The, the more you give of yourself to the Lord now will determine what you'll be doing, what your assignment will be for a thousand years. You're actually writing your resume, resume right now for the millennium. If you're doing the least you can do just to get by, you're probably going to have a job for about a thousand years, just about like that. It will beat the out of, out of hell being there, but a thousand years is what you'll be here. So you're absolutely right in your resume for how you'll live and what you'll be doing for a thousand years. Well, and so once again, the millennium is going to be a time of great peace and prosperity on the earth. And it's, it's so vastly peaceful. I, there's no way, I mean, we can read the scriptures, but we, we can't even begin to let it extend to our minds just what it'll be like. This peace is going to extend into to the animal kingdom. How about that? Isaiah 11, listen to this, 6 through 9 in the ERV translation. Isaiah 11, 6 through 9 in the ERV. It says, Then wolves will live at peace with lambs, and leopards will lie down in peace with young goats. Calves and lions and bulls will all live together in peace. A little child will lead them. Bears and cattle will eat together in peace, and all the young will lie down together and will not hurt each other. Lions will eat hay like cattle. Even snakes will not hurt people. Babies will be able to play around a cobra's hole and put their hands into the nest of a poison snake and not be hurt. Don't try that today. <laughs> Don't try that today. There is a curse on the earth and, and there's enough demons around to make sure uh, that you'll get what you think you're going to get. So this is, there's no demons. There's no demonic activity. So the peace of God extends all the way into the animal kingdom. In their thinking, they're, they're not vicious. They're not eating one another. Some said, oh, we're all going to be vegetarians. I'm not ready to go there today. But anyway, move right along. Uh, but no devil influence, no curse. Jesus is ruling from Jerusalem. What will the earth be like during the millennial kingdom? Well, once again, Jesus will rule from Jerusalem. Zechariah 14, 9 in the NASB says, And the Lord will be king over all the earth. Not some, not over Jerusalem. The Lord will be king over all the earth. And in that day will be the only one, and his name the only one, and only one king and ruler over all the earth. Only one king and one ruler over all the earth. So the political pundits will have nothing to do. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, so I don't know what CNN will be. Probably won't be. And they say, well, that's not fair for them to be by themselves. Well, they won't be. They'll have MSNBC to be with them and stuff like that. So anyway, Joel 3.17 uh, adds that Jerusalem will be the capital city. Uh, Joel 3.17 says, then you will know that I am the Lord your God, dwelling in Zion, my holy mountain, so Jerusalem will be holy. Am I going too fast? Micah 4, 1 and 2, and Zechariah 14, 16, 17, says nations will come to Jerusalem to visit Christ. And the word of God will be taught to them from Jerusalem. So people will come from nations. Micah said, and Zechariah said, they're going to come to visit Christ in Jerusalem and to be taught by Christ from Jerusalem. You want to miss that Bible study? You want to tell you why you don't want to miss it? 
<laughs> take just a moment. Micah 4, 1 and 2 in the NAS, NASB says, It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains. And it shall be lifted up above the hills, and people shall flow to it. And many nations shall come and say, Come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, of the house of God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, that we may walk in his paths or his counsel. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of God from Jerusalem. <coughs> Excuse me. So you see that you got natural people here. They're saved, <coughs> but they're mortals. And they're still learning the word of God. They're still having to be taught. They're still in the council. So they, they go to Jerusalem to be taught by Jesus Christ himself. And to get his counsel, to walk in his counsel. Zechariah 14, 16 and 17 in the NASB says, Then it will come about that any who are left of all the nations that went against Jerusalem will go up from year to year to worship the king. In other words, I, I, I'm not saying this is an absolute, but it looks like you're, you're going to go at least once a year. So uh, it says the nations that went, up, that went against Jerusalem will go from year to year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, to celebrate the feast of booths or tabernacles. And it shall be that whoever of the families of the earth that does not go up to worship the king, the Lord of hosts said, there'll be no rain on you. You don't, if you don't come, you don't keep your one year appointment. He says, it's fine. You can, whatever. Don't be looking for no rain. Hmm. It's interesting, huh? Ezekiel 34, verse 23 and 25 says, when Christ rules as king over the world, he will shepherd Israel and it will be a time of peace. And there's another prophecy about the Millennium Kingdom in Isaiah 35. Um, actually 1 through 10, but I'm just going to read some of it. It says, we are told that the road leading to the city of Jerusalem is called the, whole way, the, the Highway of Holiness. You ever heard of a highway named Holiness? But the, the road leading into Jerusalem is going to be called the Highway of Holiness. And, and verse 9 says, and the redeemed will walk on this road. That is the only, only believers will be allowed to go up into Jerusalem. In other words, those you're all believers in a sense, but but you have people that's born during the millennium. You got to get this because not everyone during the millennium, because there's going to be a lot of people who are going to marry and have children. Not us. We'll be in spirit bodies. We, we won't marry. We won't have children. But they'll repopulate the earth. But the people alive during the millennial kingdom will have to make a decision for Jesus, just like you had to make. We won't teach it today, but the scripture teaches that many will look at him and will say, this is him. I mean, <laughs> we never saw him, but this is who we believed in. And now uh, all this, yeah, that's him. And they'll say, mm, nah. They'll reject him in a time with no demonic activity. So he says, no one but a believer is going to walk on my road, the, the highway of holiness. Hmm. People get by, you might say, I don't like to use that word, during the dispensation of grace. That's not the way the Lord is. You're living in the dispensation of grace. Jesus paid for it all. But he didn't, he didn't pay for it for you just to, because I have grace, just like it'd be okay because you know I got grace. That is, that is the misuse of grace. And so the, <clears throat> it says that only, only, the, only the believers will walk on the road of the holiness, uh, highway of holiness. 
<clears throat> it says, all the earth will know God. And Isaiah 8, 9 uh, says, they will not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. During that time, it says, vegetation will flourish during the millennium. Ezekiel 34, um, 26, the B part, and 27, A part, uh, there's prophecies that God will send rain showers and produce fruit with great increase. So vegetation will greatly increase. Uh, there, there won't be any down years. It'll be just majorly productive. Joel 3.18 adds that vineyards will be so productive and mountains will drip with sweet wine. It says, in that day the mountains will drip with sweet wine and the hills will flow with milk and all the brooks of Judah will flow with water and a spring will go out from the house of the Lord. Another little thing. We're just kind of giving you some things that's going to happen during the millennium. <clears throat> People will live for hundreds of years just as they did before the flood. In Isaiah 65, 19 through 20. Now, when I say people is going to live longer lives, I'm not talking about you. You're, you're, you're going to live forever. I'm talking about people who survived the tribulation. They're still in a mortal body. People who's going to be born during the limb, they're going to be in a mortal natural body, but you're not going to be. But even people who's going to be in a natural body is going to return back to the way it was before the flood, and they're going to live hundreds of years. Hundreds of years. You say, well, I don't know if I believe that. Well, you don't think, you didn't, you didn't think I mentioned it without Scripture, did you? <laughs> Isaiah 65, 19 and 20 says, I will also rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. And they will no longer be heard and heard the voice of weeping and the sound of crying. No longer will there be an infant who lives but a few days or an old man who does not live out his days. For the youth will die at the age of 100, and the one who does not reach the age of 100 will be thought as a child accursed. So you're talking about someone who's alive in a natural body. If they died 100 years old, they're going to be thought like, like they were just a youth, a teenager. And like he must be cursed or something. In uh, Isaiah 65, 22, it's more precise about this. It says, it says the lifespan of people will be like the trees. You ever thought about that before? Like, it's kind of weird that, you know, a tree outlives a human. A man plants a tree and the tree outlives a human. A man takes a tree, makes lumber, builds a house, and the house outlives two, three, four, five generations of people. He said, no, they won't be that way during the millennium. People will live like the trees. The NASB says, for the lifetime of a tree, so will be the days of my people. And the chosen ones will wear out the work of their hands. Or the ESV says, my people shall long enjoy the work of their labor of their hands. In other words, people are just going to live a long, long time. As the what was before the flood in Genesis chapter 7. The shortest lifespan recorded during that time was Enoch. He had the shortest life, but he had a good reason for, for being short. He left. He was 365 years old, and he was talking with the Lord one day, and he says, they were having a really great conversation. This is Eric speaking out the scripture. And the Lord says, well, why don't you just come to us? We'll talk about some more. He says, Okay. So he just went with the Lord and didn't come back. He didn't die. He just, he just went with the Lord. So if the Lord invites you to the house tomorrow, just know if you, go, if you accept it, you probably won't get to come back. Uh, anyway, so 365 years. The longest one to live on the earth was Methuselah. In Genesis 5, 27, he lived 969 years. So 
I don't know if we're going to have any country space left on this planet. So if you got any land, hold on to it. Or it's going to be worth a lot of money. You say, I'm waiting for Walmart. Walmart won't be able to pay nothing compared to what your land is going to be worth. Can you imagine what a family reunion is going to be like? This is your great, 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 You got someone who's three. I mean, there'll be kids 600 years old having kids and thinking, why not? We still young. Why not? Ain't no big deal. That's just a state of mind. Giddy up. Because the same conditions will exist again in the Millennium Kingdom. No sickness, no disease, no deformity, no miscarriages. All that ceases. It's over forever. You like the millennium? Isaiah 65, 23 says, In that day the deaf will hear the words of a brook. Huh, wow. And out of their gloom and darkness the eyes of the blind shall see. They will not labor in vain or bear children for calamity. In other words, there will be no miscarriages. For they are the offspring of the blessed, and they're blessed by the Lord himself. No miscarriages. That's a few things that happened during the millennium. Now, why teach all this? Because it's your future. Why teach this? Because he said to. Revelation says, blessed is he that reads this book. Why do we need to more about it? Because we need to understand the time that we're living in. Jesus scolded his people. He says, why is it that the sons of Issachar know more about the end, the time that they're living in than you know? He said, you have enough wherewithal about you to look and say, looks like it's going to rain. It looks like it's going to be a storm. He said, but the sons of Issachar knew the times that they, were, they would live in, so they would know how to live according to the times. Do you know what time that you live in? In other words, this should be as, as you know, as... Uh, uh, that, that hustle mentality that Joe Mars talks about. In other words, when you get down to the last you know, minute in a ball game or two minutes, you you, you got to throw the playbook out. Things that aren't normal plays, you don't do them because you just don't have time. I mean, you, you wouldn't try some in plays, you know, it's the first quarter and it's, you know, when you, when you got, you know, two hour and a half hours left, but, but, but you're in the very end times. So we have to develop the hustle mentality we have to understand that there's a great harvest. We don't want anybody left behind. I mean, if you just think in context of the scripture that if he doesn't come back at the end of the seventh year, it's, two, uh, the, it's called the tribulation and the great tribulation. Exactly both three and a half years. The first three and a half years will be a lot more peaceful than the last three and a half years. The first three and a half years, the Antichrist will come on the scene, but he'll come as a man of peace, not as a man of war. And the world will be in such chaos that it'll be looking for answers. It will need a one world government to survive, it looks like. And he, he will provide all that. He will, he will have charisma. He will, he'll have a silver tongue. He, he, uh, he is the most evil, deceptive person the world has ever seen. Hitler is a kitty cat kitten compared to him. If you roll Mussolini, all of them, multiply them times 10,000, it won't be compared to what this guy's going to be like. But he will not show his cars until the three and a half years. And he'll go in the temple and say, there'll be no more sacrifices here because I'm God myself and you'll worship me. And he'll demand that the image and then the mark will be instituted and you'll, to buy or to trade or to sell or to eat, to have any kind of commerce. You will have to take 
you know, the mark in your head and the mark in your hand. And as soon as you take it, you are doomed for hell forever. Many won't take it. Some will starve to death. Some will be beheaded. Revelation 24 says, but I will even reward those martyrs who wouldn't take the beast. And he said, I'll raise them up and they'll live in the millennial kingdom with me. I'm glad they have that opportunity, but dear God, don't do it now. All you got to do is receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Why wait? Why not now? Why, why put yourself through that type of situation? It's deception is what it is. Satan is the God of this, of this world system. You don't think God's around this planet, do you? I mean, I just read a few scriptures of what the millennium is going to look like for you for a thousand years. Peace, you know, prosperity, increase, long life. I mean, animals. I mean, could you imagine if your if your kid put a, 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 a your little girl boy put the hand down in the cobra's hole and, and, and pulled out and just played with it? And it's like, oh, daddy, I love the waddle. I love the waddle. Well, no, we don't love snake rattles. I don't know the difference. I mean, you may know it. I don't know the difference between a good snake and a bad snake. I mean, I've had people say, don't kill them. They're a good snake. So I said, not that. And bam. <laughs> well, how do you know it's the good? They're all bad. If they're slithering, they're bad. I read about them in Genesis 3. Ain't like none of them. <laughs> I always just thought a good snake was a dead snake. How about you? Well, you won't have any of that during millennial reign. I don't suppose there'll be any such thing as fire ants. What did that come from? It came from a curse. There won't be any such thing as a bee sting. Hmm? See, we've, we've never even let our minds extend to what it would be like before the fall of mankind. That's what it will return to. The only difference is you'll be on the planet with, with, with mortal people and you'll be immortal. Immortal. They'll have a mortal body and you won't. Man, they're going to get an upgrade that can live hundreds of years. They won't go through what you went through. I mean, that's why there's going to be special promises just for you because you're in that mortal body. It says it dies little by little every day. But the spirits are new day by day. But yet, because of sin in the earth, uh, the last enemy we put underfoot is what is death. And Jesus is the key to it. He holds the whole thing. So there is going to be a generation of people alive on the earth. When you look at the scriptures, when you look at the prophets, when you understand the, the, the signs of the second coming, when you can see the signs of the second coming today while you're still on the planet, when you can see Israel under attack, and when you can see the nations coming against Israel to wipe her out, and, the, and Iran says, death to Israel, our goal is to remove her from the face and the memory of the earth, and death to America who helps her. That is the spirit of Antichrist. The only reason why the Antichrist hasn't made his move is because he can't. And he can't make his move because you're the light of God in the world and you are the great restrainer of the Holy Ghost who lives in you. The whole, what I'm saying is the devil can't have his way because of you, the great restrainer of the Holy Ghost who lives on the inside of you. So if he can't have his way in that way, don't let him have his way in other ways. Did, you, did I tell you about in Revelation 20 there's going to be an angel? Did I mention that today? How many angels was it now? A multitude? How many? One angel is going to come down and he's going to say what? Come here, baby. <laughs> right? He said, time, your, your time, thousand years, thousand years. You're going to put him in the pit. 
Going to bind him up and shut him up. Bind him up and shut him up. So, we're headed to a good time. If y'all want a chain like this, I'll sell it for $105 today. <laughs> I don't know why I said that, but anyway. Praise God. We're headed for a great time. So we're gonna, we, we got a little ways to go because we're, we're going to get into the eternal, our eternal state of heaven. And then I'm going to preach on heaven. I've never preached on heaven, but I'm going to tell you everything I can find in Scripture about heaven. And what it's going to be like for, you, for us to live in heaven forever. Amen. God bless you. Try.